Hey y'all, my name is Eric. I'm the lead pastor at Emmanuel and Hookset. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. Our goal is to be a blessing to everyone who listens as you continue on your journey of faith. It's also our hope that you'll be encouraged to find a church to belong to so you can plug into that congregation and bless others with the gifts and experiences that God has entrusted you with. Well, I hope this podcast is a blessing to you and encourages you to get out there and be the blessing. God bless. of fellowship, healthy churches fellowship with one another. Uh, There are some things that we are hoping to plan in the future that will expand the fellowship space on our property. Um, We want to give you an opportunity after service to hang out with each other, have a cup of coffee, sit down, minister to each other right here on Sunday mornings. It's so vital. Um, You... Let me challenge you. I know there's introverts and extroverts in the church. So by nature, I'm more of an introvert. I know y'all be like, what? I I know. I I don't get it either. God just did something to get me to do this. And so now I can stay and talk to people. But I want to challenge you, even if you're an introvert, get out of your shell and, and be a blessing to someone. Don't just rush out the door, hit the car, and leave. Take some time. To, to look around at your brothers and sisters and see, is there someone that I can, that I can bless? Is there someone that needs a shoulder? Is there someone that needs someone that can, that can talk with them, encourage them, challenge them, even, even confront them? That's the body of Christ. That's what we're for. And we don't just come together to sing awesome worship songs and to get preached at. We come together to serve Jesus and one another. And one of the most important aspects of church is the word on the screen, fellowship, fellowship. So we're going to go to 1 John chapter 1. We're going to read through this chapter, kind of review a little bit of what we talked about last week or two weeks ago. That which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. The life was manifested and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested in us. That which we have seen and heard, declare to, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Here's the Apostle John, Jesus' best buddy. That you may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you, that your joy may be full. And, and listen, I've been in religion for a long time, and I hate religion because religion seems to be the joy killer. It's like that's their motivation is to kill your joy. And that, there's a real serious problem with that kind of religion because God is concerned about your joy. Think about that for a second. God is concerned, not your happiness necessarily, but your joy, which is different. Joy comes in your relationship with Jesus Christ, And as John just mentioned, with each other, that your joy may be full. This is the message which we have heard from him and declare to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, but we're walking in darkness, we're walking in sin, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with 
Thank you, Pat. One another. And the blood of Jesus Christ's Son cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we, de- we, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So there's the rub. Okay, well, how do you walk in the light if we still have sin in our lives? Well, there's a difference between sinning and walking in sin. Walking in sin is walking in an unrepentant heart, like you are you are excusing yourself, you're rationalizing your sin, you're walking in sin, and you're unwilling to even try to change. Right? When you become proud of your sin, boy, you're in trouble. You are walking in darkness. You have no fellowship with God, and you're out of fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Matter of fact, Paul really addresses that in, in the book of First and Second Corinthians. We need to be careful with our fellowship when we go around people that are walking determinedly in sin. We are putting ourselves at risk. Anyways, I digress. If we conf- oh, here's how, here, this is it. If we confess our sins, that word confess literally means this, to come into agreement with. If we come into agreement with God concerning what we have done, Lord, what I've done, I know it's out of your will. It's not in alignment with you. I was wrong. I'm asking that you would forgive me in the name of Jesus, and I place this sin under the blood of Christ, and I know that it has been paid in full. He is faithful to forgive you. That means he always will forgive you. That's what the word, he will always forgive you, and it's just for him to, it's right for him to forgive you. Why? Because Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. God doesn't forgive you just because you're sorry for your sin. God doesn't forgive you just because you're acknowledging your sin. God forgives you because Jesus paid the penalty for your sin, and it's the right thing for him to do. And then he doesn't just forgive you. This is why we can fellowship. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness. If we say we've not sinned, we make him a liar. His word's not in us. My little children, these things I write to you so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself, he himself is the propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but that of the whole world. Fellowship is to have in common with. Fellowship is uh, to participate. Fellowship is to share with a body of people that you have a strong agreement with. That's like this, this definition of fellowship. Now, when we get into the spiritual definition of fellowship, we have in common Jesus Christ crucified, buried, and risen again. That is something that slices through every division in the church. It should. And it's an absolute heartbreak and shame when people allow things to divide them in the church because Jesus is the uniter of the believers in Christ. He is the thing we have in common. Not music. Listen, Angel and I don't really like the same kind of music. No. I don't even know what Angel likes for music, actually. No, let him. Do you like rap and stuff? Hip-hop? ACDC? Actually, probably. I, listen, I'm a musician. I pretty much like all music, uh, so that's probably not exactly true. But there's other people here that you love classical music. Like you can go home, put a record on, and you're playing Beethoven, you're playing Mozart or something. And I'm, I'm like, I have ADHD, and I just, it's not enough for me. 
Like, I can listen to classical music a little bit. I can listen to Gershwin. I love big band jazz. Some of you guys hate big band jazz. Well, this, that, that, that should not separate us in the body of Christ. What kind of worship music you like is irrelevant to your fellowship here. It's irrelevant to the gathering. We worship Jesus, right? Um, I decided to wear sneakers today. Thank you. Trish, you got competition. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not whether you wear a coat and tie, jeans and sneakers. None of that matters. It's irrelevant. Do you have Jesus? Are you worshiping Jesus? Is he the guide and leader of your life? Is he sitting on the throne of your heart? It's about Jesus. It's not about all these peripherals. Jesus is the center of our fellowship. The end and, and beginning of fellowship, we went over this a, a few weeks ago, and I, and I don't want to uh, spend too much time here, but the end of fellowship started in the Garden of Eden where, where, where Adam was walking in the garden with God in the cool of the day, and God would meet with Adam at a certain time and day, and then Adam fell into sin with his wife Eve, and he didn't show up for his appointment with God. And the fellowship was broken and Adam's spirit died the very moment he partook of the forbidden fruit. And when his spirit died, fellowship died. And what was needed was a resurrected spirit, a quickened spirit that only comes through faith in Jesus Christ. So that was the end of true fellowship. And the beginning of true fellowship was when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he cried out, it is finished. And he gave up the ghost. And the Bible says the temple veil was torn in two from the top to the bottom, removing forever the obstacle that is between us and God the Father. And now we have fellowship. Now we can walk into the presence of God. Listen, even when you've fallen and failed, he is always faithful and just to forgive you if you will just bring your sin to Jesus and fellowship is restored. That's the end and beginning of fellowship. Some of you are here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your personal savior. You know religion, right? You know church, but you don't know walking and talking with Jesus in the cool of the day. You don't know fellowship with the Father. You don't know fellowship with the saints because you still have this burden of sin weighing you down. And I, listen, you need Jesus. You can't turn over a new leaf. You could be in addiction recovery and be sober for 20 years, but without Jesus, you're sober and lost. It's not about cleaning up your act. It's about getting a living spirit within you that only God can provide. Nobody else can make something dead come alive. Only God. And it's a supernatural birth that happens when we cry out to Jesus. Say, Lord, I, I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I know that you rose from the grave. And I believe you are God in the flesh. And I am asking you to be my one and only personal Savior once and for all. Forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me your child. Man, God will forgive you just like that. And if you truly believe, it's settled. It's settled if you truly believe. You don't have to keep going to God every five minutes. Oh, God, please save me. God, please save me. God, please save me. Because if you truly believed, then he saved you. If you were struggling with doubt when you prayed, your prayer was just words. And words don't do anything when they're not accompanied by faith. So that's my challenge for you this morning as we get moving on in this, in this message that 
we were reminded as we went through that passage that fellowship with one another is, is fellowship with Jesus. Jesus is in me, Jesus is in you, and when we fellowship with one another and when the Holy Spirit is there, folks, we're fellowshipping with Jesus. There have been times when I've been fellowshipping with someone and they spoke into my life, and let me tell you something, man, it was Jesus speaking through them something that I needed to hear. How many of you had those moments where, where God moved upon a brother and sister in Christ and they said something that you needed to hear? Maybe it was something really good and something encouraging, and it was just like God in that moment, boom, he gave you this, this comfort and this encouragement. Maybe, maybe somebody spoke something in your life that you wish you didn't need to hear, but they made sure you heard it. Anybody else been there? Right? That, thank you. Me too. Right? The, the brother and sister will look at me and say, Eric, and boom, with love. But it hit you, and you know that it wasn't just your brother and sister that you were talking to in that moment. Like, God was, like, moving them to speak to you, and he wanted to correct you with the word, right? When we fellowship with one another, we fellowship with Jesus. We are the living representation of Jesus Christ. Now, I want to get into where we picked up last week, or two weeks ago, the benefits of fellowship, the benefits of fellowship. So if you have your Bible apps, it is in the Bible app. You can follow along with the sermon. You can take notes if you make an account. And it's the version Bible app in all of the app stores. The benefits of fellowship, as we were just reading that passage of Scripture, I'm not going to go back there. I'm just going to give you some highlights here. Fellowship feeds joy. Fellowship feeds joy. He's talking about that your joy may be full. Our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and with you that your joy may be full. So we know that Jesus died and rose from the grave, that our joy may be full. We fellowship with people who have experienced that, that our joy may be full. We do it in the gathering here. We do it in our Bible life circles. But folks, it is indispensable for your joy. You must be in fellowship with your local body of Christ, that your joy may be full. And I already kind of camped on that, that God's concerned about your joy. Do you realize the church, get this now, the church is a gift to you? Thank you. The church is a gift. A lot of people that come out to church on Sunday morning, they do it onerously. I gotta go. I gotta show up in church on Sunday. Oh, pastor's gonna know I'm not here. Oh, whatever, right? My wife was nagging me to come to church today. Or my husband was nagging me to come to church today. And you don't look at church as a gift to you and a gift to others, but church is a gift to you, but it's also a gift to the world. The church is God's plan A for the age of grace. That's us. Folks, the the church feeds our joy. Uh, Fellowship brings freedom from sin. I I mentioned a moment ago that in his whole dissertation, he gets down to if we walk in darkness, right? we're not having fellowship with him or one another. And this is so important. You remember when when I did that series and I had the gauges up on the screen, the car gauges, and there's a gas gauge and there's a uh, temperature gauge and Folks, if, if you're getting to a point where you don't want to be with the body of Christ, your, your, your warning gauges are flashing because this is your family. 
This is where you belong. And if you say, ah, I could give or take church, it's not that important. You're not talking about church. You're talking about entertainment. You're talking about a club because church is absolutely vital to your joy, to freedom from sin. How many of you guys struggle with sin today? Well, the Bible talks about that. We bear one another's burdens. And James says, confess your faults one to another. Folks, there's so much strength in the body of Christ that we ignore. Because sometimes we come to church with our mask on and, how are you? I'm fine, everything's great. (laughs) Anybody an empath here? Raise your hand if you're an empath. That means you sense people's emotions and they can't lie to you. Thank you, Allie. Heather? Heather? Any other empaths, just the three of us? Well, stay away from us if you're trying to hide the, the, the O'Connors. How you doing? Oh, I'm fine. I know. I know you're not fine. And the beauty of that in the body is if you're struggling with sin and you can look at a, a brother or sister in Christ and say, I'm really struggling with this anger issue. They can sit down and say, well, let's pray about it. Let's keep tabs on each other during the week. Let's encourage each other. Let's struggle in this together. See, we're in this together. But if you find yourself distancing yourself from the fellowship, that's a, those warning lights are flashing. If church becomes unimportant to you, those warning lights are flashing. If it's something you can give or take, the warning lights are flashing. That's why I hate so much when we call the Sunday morning experience or an event. It's the body coming together. I went to an experience last night with Trish. It was the Green Knight movie. I love fantasy novels and stuff like that. And I'm like, ooh, Green Knight. This sounds really awesome. All I kept seeing on my Instagram stories was Green Knight, critically acclaimed, super awesome story. I'm like, let's go see this, Trish. Yeah. I should have went and saw Jungle Cruise. (laughs) So I went to this experience. You know what? I could have given it or taken it. I stayed there because I paid for my ticket. And I was sitting with my lady. So that was good. But the movie, it was kind of like, I have ADHD. And you can only take so many minutes of somebody just plotting. I know they're trying to make you feel like it's a long journey, but they don't have to actually make you feel like you're on the journey. Anyways, I digress. The importance of fellowship. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 41. So the church is more than an event. It's more than an experience. It's a body of Jesus Christ. We are members, the Bible says, one of another. We are family. And when we come together, this is for family dinner right here. Feasting on the word of the living God. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And that day, about 3,000 souls were added to them. Do you remember the day you called out, on to, uh, called out to Jesus to be your personal savior? Do you remember that day? I remember that day. Let me tell you something. Gladly almost doesn't describe it. Like the relief that flooded through my soul when I cried out to Jesus to be my once and for all savior. You want to talk about gladly receiving the word. They were baptized, and that day were added about 3,000 souls to them, and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. And fear came upon many, every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were, this is fellowship, were together 
and had all things common. They sold their possessions and their goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, those two things can't be, listen, they can't be ignored. Bible life circles, house to house, the temple, the gathering, both indispensable for us, right? He says, uh, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Fellowship is caring and sharing. All who believe had all things common. They shared their food. They shared their burdens. They shared their worship. They shared their praise. They shared Jesus. And they were sincere with one another. It would be a travesty of anyone that is a member of our body to go hungry. Not only would it be a travesty, it would be a sin. Because we're a family. We support each other, we care for each other, and some of you all got to lose your pride. I still remember, I was 20-something years old, 20, gosh, I can't remember, babe. 28, 27, 26, I got laid off. The first big recession, construction died. There were no jobs. I had a handicapped daughter, tried to get a job. The amount they were going to add to my insurance was astronomical because my daughter had a pre-existing condition. They can't deny you, but they can make sure that it's financially impossible to bear. And we could not make ends meet. We just barely were getting by. And a couple from this church showed up on our doorstep with bags of groceries and, thank God, diapers. <laughs> like, and now I'm, I'm admonishing you to get rid of your pride. They had to show up on my doorstep unannounced because I wasn't asking for help. <laughs> so that pride was, was a problem. But... What a horrible thing if someone in this church has a need and it's not being met. Because we have, can I tell you something? We have everything we need right here in this building. Everything we need right here. I'll pick on Angel. His well pump died. My son was over there, Sean Guillory, who probably uses 50 gallons of water when he takes a shower because he's giant now. They're over the house. No water. Aiden's birthday party coming up fast the very next day, and Kim's like, her hair was like this. Normally it's like just perfect and coiffed. And Angel, you better get that well working. I don't care if you've got to crawl down that pipe yourself. You're going to get it working. No, I don't know. I'm just assuming what might have happened. And I think Nate let me know something was going on. My first, my first reaction was, you know what I... I feel like happens sometimes. You have people who are talented and gifted in the trades, things of that nature, and they're willing to help others. And I know personally, I'm not, listen, thank God for my brother Angel, because I know that Angel has given time without charge, has given um, equipment without charge, has been a blessing to people in this church body. And I thought to myself when I got this message from my son, <clears throat> I wonder if anybody 
is there for Angel. So my first instinct was, what do you need? I'm going to come over and help. I can't really do much, <laughs> but I'm willing. I'm hoping Nate is my surrogate. Uh, and, and we had a great conversation on that because it was funny because at that moment, Angel was feeling kind of alone. Folks, we need to be there for each other. Sometimes you may not have the expertise to help, but boy, you just to reach out and say, hey, I'm there. I can be a, hand, a pair of hands. I can be a back. And that's mostly what he needed. He just needed some strong backs, right? Like, and so he had Nate, Aiden, and, and Sean. So if you follow what I'm saying, we need to be there for each other. We have a help of buddy ministry in this church for that purpose, to love one another well. We care for each other, and we share with each other. Fellowship is bearing one another's burdens. As you were reading that passage, I hope that hits you, that we hold each other up both in prayer and sometimes physically. Now, you, you have walked with my wife and I. I I'm, like, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the 12 years that I've been lead pastor here, how many years we didn't have some kind of crisis going on. I'm like, maybe three? I don't know. It was like, imagine what we could do if we weren't in the middle of a massive crisis all the time. But what happened was God raised the church up, and they came around us. And I know I'm the pastor, and you think I'm special, but I know that this would be done for any one of you if you needed it and made it known. People came alongside us and held us up and carried us, and they strengthened us, and they bore our burdens. You know, the first 24 weeks of 2021, I preached 12 times. I don't know if you guys might have noticed that. I know we all look alike when we're up here. We don't. They can't keep up with all this. But there was a, there was a week on a Friday and I was writing my sermon out, and I had the title, and I had the, bo- I had the introduction written. Sometimes I try to do things correctly. And then I was studying, and I was parsing the passage, and I was, you know, expounding upon, upon it was a psalm. And, and, and then I, I sat back, and I, I looked at the title, and I looked at the intro, and then I looked at the body, and nothing worked, nothing matched. Like, I was writing a completely different sermon than what the introduction called for. I'm like, what is going on? And it was this trial that we were in, and we weren't sleeping, and rained emotionally, spiritually, and physically. And so I texted Peter. I'm like, hey, you're up Sunday, right? <laughs> Fingers crossed. He's like, no, I, w- I wasn't planning on it. I'm like, oh, okay. And then Peter, probably an empath, said, why? What's going on? And uh, I, think we, I think we called, right? We had this conversation, and my brother bore my burden. He said, listen, I'll take Sunday, and I'm going to talk to the guys. We're going to make sure everybody's ready. So if you can't do it, they'll be ready to go. You take the next three weeks off. Folks, that is bearing each other's burdens. And it's personal, obviously. I, I try to use personal anecdotes and illustrations. And this just happened. We are so blessed, but sometimes we don't take advantage of the blessing, and sometimes we don't take the time to bless others. And that's the whole point of coming together in the body is to be the blessing. 
to be the blessing. Fellowship is, is building one another up in the faith. Not only are we bearing each other's burdens, but we're challenging each other. I mentioned earlier, we're confronting each other. We're, we're sharing things that God has enlightened us. Hey, I was reading this the other day. Look at this. Isn't this awesome? I mean, when Trish and I are driving, sometimes I'm just like, I'm preaching all my messages to her before she gets here. I'm like, oh, she's excited about what God is leading me through. And, and we, are to, we are to build one another, we are to build one another up in the faith. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, he says, therefore, comfort one another, edify one another. The word edify means literally to build up. It means literally to build up just as you are also doing. So sometimes, you never talk to your kids. Who talks to their kids? And it doesn't matter how old they are. Every now and then I decide, I'm going to talk to my kids. Seems like a good time. Most of the time I'm right, sometimes I'm wrong. But I said, hey guys, from now on, uh, I can't even think of an example. This just happened like twice with both kids. Hey, can you do this from now on? Right, anybody? Can you do this from now on? What's the answer, do you think? No, stop, why? What, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. I'm like, I'm not saying that you weren't doing it. I'm just asking you to do it from now on. I'm not like accusing you. Why are you getting so defensive? Folks, we, we, we build each other up in the faith. We challenge each other. We confront each other. Uh, and we comfort one another. Romans chapter 14, 19 says, therefore let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things by which one may edify another. There's that word edify again. It needs to build up, to build up. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pursue those things by which we might be able to build one another up. How many times have you come to church without any kind of consideration at all of how you could bless somebody else? of how you could build somebody's faith, how you could build up their understanding of grace. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16, the Bible says, from which the whole body, that's the church, joined and knit together by what? What every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth for the body, the edifying of itself in love. That's the benefit of fellowship. The benefit of fellowship, we, we, we share and we care. It brings joy to our hearts. It warns us when we're out of step. We bear each other's burdens. We, we, we build one another up in the faith. I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. It's up on the screen. Open your Bible apps or have your Bible open and highlight. Let us hold fast to the confession of our faith, our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to do what? Stir up love and good works. James says faith without works is dead. You could say the same thing about love. Love without works is dead. You can say, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. But if your behavior and your actions don't match your words, they're just words. Then he goes on, he says this. Not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together, as is the manner of some. 
as is the manner of some. We're, we're going into a, a new age. And the temptation to avoid the assembly is strong. Sunday's family day. Sunday's laundry day. Sunday's this day. Sunday's that day. The temptation to make the assembly a low priority is strong. And it leads to sin. We're not to forsake the assembly. Does that mean we don't take a vacation? I won't be here. Well, I might be here Sunday, but we're gone on vacation next week. So call Peter, call Ron, call Rick. If you're signed up for the emails, I put all of their contact information in there. If you have something, call them. Everyone needs a vacation. Sometimes there's things that come up. Sometimes there's things that happen. You can't make it out on Sunday. That's not forsaking the assembly. Forsaking the assembly is turning your back on it. And some are turning their back on the assembly because they're not enjoying the experience. Well, I don't like the music. I don't like the preacher. He's not dressed right. Whatever your personal little thing is, all it is, is rationalization for sin. We are not to forsake the assembly, but exhort one another so much the more as you see the day approaching. And so as the worship team comes forward, let me leave with these last two slides. One, fellowship is not optional. It's not optional. God has called us into fellowship with himself through fellowship with each other. It's not optional. You want to have a a life of fullness and joy that's full? Folks, you need the church body. You need each other. God has pressed this on my heart so much over the last year, the importance, the importance of fellowship. This is why we're considering a redesign of our property so that we can open it up and have more spaces for people to just sit down and have conversations and love each other and minister to each other well. Every Sunday we should have to kick people out. Like, all right, guys, like it's time to go. That's how it should be. Or just hand them the key here. You, last one here locks the door. By the way, the door, the door was unlocked yesterday. In case you guys wanted to come in and rob the place. Um, the handle was unlocked, so it's only one of five people. <laughs> yeah, did I just say that on the live stream? If you're going to steal something, please don't take my guitar or my saxophones. Or my computer. Everything else is fair game. Um, The importance of fellowship can't be underscored enough. We need each other. The world is getting darker. It's not, I don't, I honestly do not believe the world is going to get lighter. I'm not a a millennialist or a post-millennialist. I don't believe the world is going to get better and better and better and better and then Jesus is going to return. I'm premillennial. The world is going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And then as it was in Noah's day, then the rapture of the church. And then it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. And the only time the world gets better is when the Christ the King comes back and the earth is remade and, and reborn. And that's going to happen one day. You want to talk about global warming. The Bible says the earth is going to burn up in a fiery heat. 
the, the world is not getting better. I was talking to Trish yesterday. I'm like, now, I know every generation has said this. Boy, it's never been this bad. And I can imagine Rome looking at us right now, ancient Rome, 1st, 2nd century, 3rd century, and they're looking at us saying, you think you got it bad? You're not being fed to lions. All right, we're not being fed to lions. I agree with you. But I'm not talking about persecution of Christians. I'm talking about the world. That which is evil is called good. That which is good is called evil. The confusion in our world, the celebration of that which is wicked or that which is illness, instead of trying to help and heal, it's celebrated. Folks, we're in a, we're in a bad place. You're going to need your brothers and sisters in Christ more than ever in the coming decades. You're going to need to know each other. And if all you do is come to church, sit down, get your worship on, get your experience in, and then walk out the door, and you haven't fellowshiped and you haven't built relationships, when the church is outlawed, who are you going to go to? You say, Pastor, when's the church going to be outlawed? I don't know. I know there's, I think, two Canadian pastors that are in jail or were in jail. There's pastors overseas in jail today for hate speech because they literally preach what the Bible said. Folks, we need to fellowship with each other. We need to know each other. We need to strengthen each other. We need to build each other up. We need to love each other well. The importance of fellowship cannot be emphasized enough. It's not just about the preaching, and the preaching is preeminent, but it's not just about the preaching. It's not just about the worship. It's about loving each other well. Hey, all thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like to know more, please go to our website, emmanuelhooksit.com, where you'll find helpful links and resources and where you can contact us directly. That web address again is emmanuelhooksit.com. Bless God, get out there, and be the blessing.